What is good, guys? Welcome to Top House Sports, where we analyze and break down sports games from the week, as well as our reactions and predictions from this past week. I'm your host, Hansel Chu, and we have a lot to talk about, so let's get started. So the Super Bowl just finished this past Sunday, and what a game it was, one for the ages. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35, and although I don't like to brag a lot, I did predict how this game was going to turn out, how the game script for this game was, and last episode I said, most likely this game was going to become a shootout for the ages, as Patrick Mahomes displays why he should be a top 5 quarterback of all time, the Eagles displayed their star power on offense, and both defense are unable to find an answer to stop the opposing defenses. And therefore, again, in the Super Bowl, we saw that just happening. Patrick Mahomes showing why he's the best quarterback in the entire league. Jalen Hurts proved why he should be a top five quarterback in the league with his incredible performance. And both defenses just unable to get a stop on the defensive end with that high scoring game. Although I did choose the Philadelphia Eagles to win this game. I'm not, I'm not going to be too mad with the Kansas City Chiefs winning. I mean, that was an incredible game. That was a game where I believe the Chiefs deservingly won. But let's break down this Super Bowl game. Both teams played exceptionally well once again, and Jalen Hurts played the best game of his entire career in the Super Bowl this year. But let's go to the game-altering call in the fourth quarter, game on the line on a third down. James Bradbury gets called for a hold on Juju Smith-Schuster that would ultimately set up the Chiefs for the game-winning field goal. Now, was it a soft call? Maybe. But James Bradbury did hold him the entire time. And there's been a lot of talks about the refs being soft. The refs shouldn't be making that call with how tense and how crucial that possession was. My take on this, though, is that the refs could never make the right call. Right? Because if the refs let that play slide, then the fans and the analysts and everyone is going to be like the refs missed an obvious holding call on James Bradbury but the refs made the call on James Bradbury and now everyone's like hey that was a soft call they shouldn't have called that with how crucial that possession was so you can't have it both ways and we saw with that LeBron play in the Boston Celtics game where LeBron went in for a layup gets fouled by Jason Tatum no foul call and the whole internet goes crazy about how the refs missed a blatant foul call you can't have it both ways. People are going to get mad anyways if the refs don't make a call because they claim that the refs swallowed their wheels at the end of the games. But when the refs make the right call, people complain how the refs are soft. So it's really confusing how these analysts and these people are going to call out for refs for both sides because at that point, the refs can't win at all. And for me, it's an obvious holding call on James Bradbury. I applaud the refs for making that call. It was the right call to make. And again, it's a tough, crucial situation. And... You just can't have that mistake, especially if you're James Bradbury. And even he admitted to that on Twitter, where he said that he held Juju Smith-Schuster the entire time, and he was hoping that the refs didn't, you know, blow the. Uh, and he was just hoping that the refs didn't see it and throw a flag on him. But again, the refs did see it, threw a flag, and helped the Chiefs move up a couple yards ahead to set up that game-winning field goal. But again, if you don't want the refs to make the decision for you you just you, you cannot commit a foul you can't make a mistake then the refs won't make a whistle on you but it was a tough call and it was the right call and it was just tough for the Eagles because they played such an exceptional game going up against that last play but again it just sucks because it took away from the action and the tension from the game but again the right call is the right call and I applaud the refs for doing so but moving away from that Jalen Hurts Let's talk about him. He played an exceptional game in the Super Bowl. 
And after this performance in the Super Bowl, I believe Jalen Hurts deserves to be a top five quarterback in the entire league after this season. And in the Super Bowl, he was clear cut the best player on the field. And he should have been the Super Bowl MVP if Patrick Mahomes somehow didn't get it because the Chiefs won. But in that game, Jalen Hurts threw for 304 passing yards and one touchdown and rushed for 70 yards and three rushing touchdowns. So four total rushing yards for Jalen Hurts and a total of 374 scrimmage yards. And I mean, that's an all-time level performance that was put up from Jalen Hurts. And I applaud him for that. He played such an exceptional game in the Super Bowl. And he was the sole reason why the Eagles were competing in that game. And how they were able to score points after points after points. It was because all of Jalen Hurts and his playmaking ability. And I'm pretty surprised with this performance too. He played such an incredible game. And not only that, he really silenced the doubters of him just being a mobile quarterback. Of him just being a quarterback that's just able to run and that he can't really throw the football. I mean, he put all of that to silence when he passed for 301 passing yards in the Super Bowl. Incredible to see, especially with this Chiefs defense that has been stellar all season long. And after his career performance in the Super Bowl, I believe Jalen Hurts is a top 5 quarterback in the league. Mahomes number 1, of course. Joe Burrow number 2. But after that, it gets pretty controversial. You could slide any of these next quarterbacks up in the 3, 4, 5, 6, or 7 slot. You could put Josh Allen... Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, just to name a few players, probably some other ones as well. And with how talented the league is, you know, that top three position is very, very changeable. You could slide any of those players I just mentioned, and you have a solid argument for them being in that third position. But in my list right now, Josh Allen is number three, Justin Herbert number four, and and after this season and what I've seen from Jalen Hurts, he deserves to be in that fifth position. But, of course, the Chiefs won this game, and it wasn't because how well the Eagles played or how well the Eagles did not play. I believe it all came down to the coaching. And I believe Andy Reid did a superior job coaching down the stretch, and especially in the second half. But Andy Reid was the X factor in this Super Bowl, and him and the offensive coordinator Eric Bienemy was the sole reason why the Chiefs were able to come back in this game and win the Super Bowl this year. At the half, the Chiefs were down 14 to 24, and at that point in the game, it seemed like the Eagles were going to run away with the Super Bowl and that they were in prime position to get another trophy in their hands. But Andy Reid and the offensive coordinator Eric Bienemy found a weakness in the Eagles defense and they exploited them to the fullest. And let's take it down to the two red zone trips where the Chiefs were able to score the the touchdowns to come back into this game. And both of those red zone trips and the plays that ended in a touchdown were pretty much the same exact play. Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore, they both ran a fake motion to go across the field and then they suddenly stopped turned right back and Mahomes found them for an easy quick pass and they were able to walk into the end zone with no sort of defense anywhere them at all and that play that they ran twice in a row and those two red zone trips came from a very similar play that was drawn up with former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson who coaches the Jacksonville Jaguars he ran a very similar play earlier in the regular season against the Philadelphia Eagles where he had a wide receiver motioned to the other side and that left one of the other wide receivers or running backs wide open on the same end. 
and that resulted in a very easy touchdown because the Eagles, they overcommit on the motion almost every single time. And Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, they saw that on film and they applied it with their offense in the red zone. And twice in a row, they caught the Philadelphia Eagles defense over committing to the person in motion. And that led them to a wide open touchdown every single time. And those are just plays and those are just coaching that plays a crucial factor, especially in the Super Bowl, where game is on the line. You need a comeback. You need a play to get points on the board and that all comes down to coaching all comes down to offensive play calling putting up the right plays to get you those points and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy came up once again and helped the Chiefs secure this win in the Super Bowl and after this Patrick Mahomes now a two-time MVP two-time Super Bowl winner two-time Super Bowl MVP has his fifth straight AFC championship appearance all of that in the span of five seasons and I mean, in those five seasons, with all those accolades, he could retire right now and he'll be a first ballot Hall of Fame, no question. But again, it's only his fifth season and he has so much more seasons ahead of him. And on his career track so far with how well he's playing, the accolades he's putting up, the Super Bowl he's been winning, his success right now is on course to maybe even, now this is a very blasphemous take, but he could very well pass Tom Brady to become the best quarterback in the entire league and maybe could be the the GOAT of all of football with his with how his career is trending right now. With in those five seasons the accolades he's been put up. Yeah, his career path right now could very well cross Tom Brady and what he's done in his time in the NFL and could maybe even surpass that to become the greatest of all time. Again, that's very, very down in the future, and we don't know what Mahomes has still in the tank, or we don't know what his career is going to turn out. But again, with his projection right now, with how his career is lining up, this could be, we could be watching the GOAT right in front of our eyes. But now let's talk about the NBA trade deadline, where a number of significant moves have altered the landscape of the NBA this season. First of all, let's talk about the one that broke everyone's phones, the one that's been blowing up the internet these past couple of days. And in a very surprising move, Kevin Durant was traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Phoenix Suns for Cam Johnson, Mikal Bridges, Jay Crowder, and a couple of first-round picks. Now, in this trade, this easily makes the Suns one of the prime candidates to win the NBA Finals this year. Or do they really become the favorites to win the to win? the NBA Finals this year. But let's break it down. Their starting lineup now will consist of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, most likely Torrey Craig, and DeAndre Ayton. And that starting five is going to be one of the scariest starting fives probably in the entire league. But besides that starting five, their bench is really not that deep anymore. They lost depth in Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, very, very crucial wings that helped propel them into the NBA Finals two to three seasons beforehand. Again, this starting lineup won the best, but now who is coming off the bench to help them? Campaign, TJ Warren, Terrence Ross. Outside of those eight, there, I could really, I can't really see anyone else stepping up to the plate to help the Phoenix Suns get to the NBA Finals. Now, this is going to rely on the starting lineup to perform every single night in the regular season, as well as in the playoffs. 
that starting five needs to perform every single time because they cannot rely on anyone else on their bench to help that production. There's no depth in the bench, again, and they lost very key, crucial pieces that helped them get to the NBA Finals. But I think this is the season where they can make it work with their head coach, Monty Williams, who's been one of the best coaches in the entire league so far in recent memory. Their head coach, very nice, very player-friendly, but also one of the smartest coaches as well, and he gets all the players on the same page, and he is one of those player coaches. And this season will be a boomer bust year for the Phoenix Suns to win it all. Because after this season, Kevin Durant is only going to get older and old, older and older. Chris Paul is already looking like he, not washed, but Chris Paul is looking like a shell of himself. He is not the same. He's been getting more injured every single time, every single year. He's getting more injured. And just we've been seeing on the court, he just does not look like that Chris Paul that we've been accustomed to see. So again, this year will be a boomer bust year for the Phoenix Suns, but they do have all the right pieces to make it work with one of the best head coaches in the entire NBA. But I think the main factor is not about their depth. It's not about their coaching. It's not if how well these players can play together because I believe KD can fit in this Phoenix Phoenix Suns system very well. But health is going to be the X factor for this team. And health is going to be the reason why they get to the championship and win the championship or they collapse in the playoffs once again. Chris Paul, like we talked about, he does not have to feel the pressure to score. He does not have to feel the pressure to create because now all of that relies on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. They are going to be the primary offensive scorers for this team. But Chris Paul has missed 21 games this year. Devin Booker has missed 27 games this year. DeAndre Ayton has missed 9 games this year, and Kevin Durant has missed 20 games this year. All of that has been piling up every single game, every single season. And we haven't really seen Devin Booker miss this many games. Chris Paul, in his time in Phoenix, hasn't really missed that many games so far already this year. And it seems like year after year, Kevin Durant is suffering another injury after injury every single year that will cause him to miss a good amount of games in the regular season. Now that could play a big factor not only in the playoffs but how this team can gel offensively and defensively and this could affect how this team will build chemistry with each other. Yes, they all look like they all, they could work on paper but we said that about the Brooklyn Nets as well. They could all fit together. Kyrie runs the two, James Harden runs the one, Kevin Durant fits the three and they all could play off ball with each other. We thought that could happen but again, Injuries were a big factor on why that big three in Brooklyn did not work. The same thing can be said in Phoenix as well. On paper, these three players with DeAndre, with excuse me, with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant, that looks like a very that three looks like they could play together very well. Chris Paul is going to be that initiator on offense. Both Devin Booker and Kevin Durant can both play off ball and with the ball as well. They don't really need the ball on their hands every single possession. Again, that all looks like they can work together, but with injuries playing a big factor, with all of them missing a significant amount of time, we don't know how well those three can play because of the injuries. Maybe only two out of those three can play together, and that's going to affect chemistry when all of them are able to play together. So again, injuries and health will be a big factor, especially in the playoffs where it's going to take a more physical toll on your body where your body seems to break down even more in the playoffs fatigue starts to hit more harder than ever 
we don't know how these players are going to play. And we don't know if any of these players are going to miss some time in the playoffs as well. Chris Paul has notably missed a significant amount of time in the playoffs that has hindered his success in winning a championship. Kevin Durant has also missed some time in the playoffs as well with injuries. So we don't know how this team is going to play out. It's all going to come down to health. And if they can all stay healthy, the Phoenix Suns could very well win the championship this year. But let's talk about another team that made significant trades in the trade deadline this year. The Los Angeles Lakers have decided to basically flip half of the roster for brand new players. Russell Westbrook, Thomas Bryant, Patrick Beverly, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Damian Jones have all hit the bags. And now they're all out on the road. And they brought in D'Angelo Russell, welcome back, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, and Mo Bamba. So again, they flipped the roster. They go with a lineup with more shooting. They decide to go with players that are more versatile. They could stretch the floor, could play defense. And I really do like this trade for the Los Angeles Lakers. First of all, Russell Westbrook, he played such an exceptional season this year off the bench. I mean, he looked like the prime candidate to win six men of the year, which is crazy to say coming from a MVP. But Russell Westbrook, although a stellar season off the bench, his main weakness is perimeter shooting and we've seen how that has been affecting LeBron and Anthony Davis and this offensive system they have no spacing at all LeBron always driving into the paint with two defenders maybe even three Anthony Davis seems to not be able to work in the post because every single time he gets the ball down in the post two people are are always on him because of the lack of spacing for this Lakers offense so Westbrook is out And we also know Westbrook is not the most secure guy with the basketball. He is very turnover prone. And sometimes he just does not make the best decisions, even though he is a great playmaker. So Westbrook gets sent to Utah for Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. I really like those players. Vanderbilt, a very versatile defender, a very long and great defender, tenacious, brings the energy on the floor. I think of Jared Vanderbilt as a Patrick Beverly but taller, could impact the game more, and could stretch the floor in some ways as well. Patrick Beverly, he did his thing in LA, but he could not stretch the floor. There would be some, and sometimes he would just be too small to guard the other team. Thomas Bryant, he played exceptionally great for the Los Angeles Lakers, and when Anthony Davis missed time, he held his ground for the Lakers, but unfortunately, when Anthony Davis came back, he did not really see too many minutes, and because of that, he requested to he requested a trade out of LA. In return, they sent him for Mo Bamba. And Mo Bamba, I like this guy. This guy can stretch the floor. He's going to bring more spacing for this LA offense. But on top of that, Mo Bamba could really secure that paint. Mo Bamba is a player that could block a lot of shots. He is a great rim protector, something Thomas Bryant isn't. And that's going to bring more help for Anthony Davis that's going to relieve pressure from Anthony Davis to always hold down the fort Anthony Davis doesn't have to be that guy to always block the shots he doesn't need to be the only rim protector on this team they brought another guy with Mo Bamba who is a seven footer long wingspan and I really like this fit for the Lakers with Mo Bamba and again D'Angelo Russell welcome home once again played for the Lakers in his first beginning years of his career then went to the Nets and to the Warriors and the Timberwolves before coming back to LA. And I like this trade for D'Angelo Russell as well. Westbrook, we all know he's a great playmaker, but in terms of shot creation and being able to score, 
he's really fallen off since his MVP days. D'Angelo Russell, though, he doesn't need the ball in his hands too much. He's a great perimeter shooter as well. He could catch and shoot very well. On top of that, he's a very crafty finisher. Doesn't play out of control. He's very on pace, slow, plays at his own pace. And like Westbrook, he is a playmaker. He will make plays and he will get guys the ball where he needs to be. But again, D'Angelo Russell, he's going to bring that perimeter shooting for the Lakers and he's going to bring a lot of shot creation that would heavily take off the pressure from LeBron and Anthony Davis and he's going to be that third scorer that the Lakers could rely on to get them a bucket. So overall, I like the Lakers, but where would this put them in terms of the NBA standings? Because right now they're sitting 13th. I believe they can make it to the play-in tournament. I don't know if they can make top 8 even though that seeding is very, very close with all those teams being about one or two games in between. But with how the Lakers are playing inconsistently so far, LeBron missing some games, Anthony Davis missing some games, it's hard for this team to get chemistry together. But I believe they can make one last push to get into that 10th seed. And hopefully when everyone's healthy, they can make some noise in the playing tournament and hopefully get into the playoffs. But as of for now, a lot of work needs to be done. They still need to be on the same page. They need to develop chemistry. But this roster is too talented to miss the playoffs, I believe. So they lost Angeles Lakers, I believe. Should be able to make the playing tournament. But after that, I'm still too I'm still unsure where they go after that. Lastly, after the trade deadline, I wanna look at some teams that could potentially be a title contender or not a title contender after the trade deadline. First of all, I wanna look at the Milwaukee Bucks. They brought in Jay Crowder, they shipped off Serge Ibaka and a couple other players but with the addition of Jay Crowder that's really going to be huge on the wing Chris Middleton has been missing some time due to injury but he's slowly starting to ramp up um Drew Holiday and all-star Giannis and of course the all-star but that Jay Crowder move I really like for the Milwaukee Bucks that's going to bring a lot of death back into that bench unit and he's going to be a pivotal part I believe because Chris Middleton is not fully 100% healthy yet. He is still on and off. Sometimes he's going to miss a couple games. And because of that, they got to sub in players like Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen. They're very serviceable, but Jay Crowder is going to bring that defense. He's going to bring that outside shooting, which the Bucks could very, very well use if Chris Middleton needs to have some time off. And because of that, I think the Bucks could very well make the finals this year. They have such a talented roster. Giannis playing at an all-time level again. And now they're bringing in more bench pieces that could really help them in their title run this year. So the Milwaukee Bucks, I believe, should make the NBA Finals this year. Now, the Dallas Mavericks. Now, they have, of course, Kyrie Irving from the trade. But with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, I talked about this last episode. I didn't know how they were going to mesh together. But last night, they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And in that last possession... Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving kept passing the ball to each other, kind of daring each other to take the last shot for the win. And I saw that and I was very, very surprised in a good way because that shows that both of these superstars are very unselfish with each other. They It's almost like, hey, no, you take the last shot. I do not want to be that selfish guy. No, you take the last shot. I don't want to be that selfish guy either. They're both very selfless. And I could really see... That chemistry going to build up with these couple of games coming up. They're really going to build chemistry together with how unselfish they are. 
they're on. I'm not going to say they're on the same page yet, but I'm really optimistic from what I'm seeing from the Dallas Mavericks with both of those superstars in that last possession, letting their egos go, letting the other superstar make a play. That unselfishness, I really think is going to work out for the Dallas Mavericks. That means that not one superstar is going to hog the ball. Not one superstar is going to think about themselves. They're always going to, now they're going to be thinking for the team. And because of that, I really do think the Dallas Mavericks is going to be a dark horse contender this year. Kyrie Irving, we all know he is a great scorer. But now with Luka Doncic, this guy is a three-level scorer, can facilitate, run the offense. This offense for the Dallas Mavericks is going to be looking really scary once they get the chemistry together. And I really do like that for the Dallas Mavericks. So because of that, I really do see the Dallas Mavericks being a contender this year. Now, the Los Angeles Clippers, they made some... Not big trades, but they made some low-key trades that I really do like for the Clippers. Now, they sent away Luke Kennard, John Wall, and Reggie Jackson. But in return, they got some very good players as well. For example, they were able to acquire Eric Gordon back from the Houston Rockets. And Eric Gordon, even though he is a veteran, he could very well stretch the floor. He can score in bunches. And I really do like this for their Clippers is going to give them another score on top of how well-rounded their bench is. That's going to be another guy that can give you a couple 10-15 points off the bench. That could be really huge for the Clippers coming down in the playoff stretch. On top of that too, they were able to trade for Bones Highland of the Denver Nuggets. And I really do like Bones Highland. He is a very shifty player and we've seen what he's been doing on the Nuggets. He, on any night, Bones Highland can give you 22 points off the bench. And he is this burst of scoring off of the bench from the Denver Nuggets and now he's on the Clippers I really do think he's going to be a good scoring threat off the bench for the Clippers and from these couple trades we've been seeing we're seeing the Clippers get a lot of shot creators players that can create their own shots and I believe that's going to take a huge amount of pressure off of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard now they have players like Norman Powell, Bones Highland, Eric Gordon, Marcus Morris these players can create their own shots and that's going to take off a huge amount of offensive pressure away from Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. On top of that, that's going to force defenses to lessen their attention on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George because all of these other shot creators, they need attention as well. And lastly, for the Warriors, they traded away James Wiseman for basically Gary Payne II to get him right back. And I really do like this trade for the Warriors. It really does suck to not see James Wiseman turning out to how they panned him to be when they drafted him number two in the 2020 draft and I'm a solid believer in James Wiseman and I just don't understand why it didn't work out he was supposed to be that guy that was going to be the final puzzle for their dynasty he was that center that they've always been looking for a tall lengthy defender that can shoot defend he was that all-around center that the Warriors were craving this entire time but it just never worked out for them now they're bringing in a very crucial player that was a key factor on why they were able to make that championship run last year with Gary Payne II. He's going to bring that much-needed defense the Warriors need. And again, they were, he already has a lot of chemistry with these Warriors players. He knows the system well. I mean, he was literally there last year. So because of that, I really do like that trade for the Warriors. That's really going to help them in the playoffs. But it does suck that Steph Curry is out again with a knee injury, but... For that time being, Gary Payne the second could really hold it down for the Warriors. But that's all we have for today. And for more episodes, check out Top House Sports on Spotify. I'm Hansel Chu, and we'll see you next time.